Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. This is our E3 conference reactions episode. We're going to be talking, um, you know, about all of the press conferences that happened from the three publishers in the big three. Uh, yeah, I'm joined by Jordan, as always. PlayStation. And Dom. I think that's the first time you called out Jordan first before me. I think it might oh, be. Oh yeah, man, where's my love, Jared? <laughs> a change in the season, a changing of the yeah, tides. I don't know how I feel about it. It just is. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Uh, we're yeah, so the first getting rid of you, Dom. <laughs> the first conference we're going to tackle was the first one that happened, which was EA. Uh, and the way we'll do this is I'll just give my my positives or negatives, and then we'll kind of go round robin, or we'll just you know jump off of that. Um, so for EA, I think for me it was better than their normal conferences overall, but I do think they still had a lot of hiccups. Um, my biggest negative for them was the way they ended the show. I absolutely, I thought it was. The worst way they could have ended that show, um, they sat there and talked about so long uh, how they added the story mode and everything, and then they went straight into a 30-minute Battlefront 2 match, which was odd. They didn't do the thing where they were like, stick around if you want to check it out. They played the match, didn't tell people it was going to be the end of the show, people had to stick around, and then they came back on stage and they were like, uh, uh, Sutherland was like, oh yeah, thank you guys for joining us, bye, which is really weird. Uh, I understand a lot of people like Star Wars, but not everybody wants to sit there and watch a 30-minute match of Battlefront 2, right? No matter how great it looks. I don't know. I just thought the way they ended that conference was very poor. Um, but I do want to commend them for a way out. They gave the guy who made uh, Brothers A Tale of Two Sons a crazy budget, and it looks like he's doing something awesome with it. Everything else is pretty much what we expect from an EA conference, nothing too surprising or anything like that. Like I said, I think overall there were some improvements from last year. But the end of that show was like a huge glaring mistake to me, and I really didn't like it. But a way out looks awesome. So, you guys, I, I totally agree. I think a way out was uh, good to see that this EA Originals, which I have uh, been critical of, that it's you know bringing something positive, bringing something that looks really interesting and uh, just fresh to the table. Um, and yeah, I do think it was, uh, kind of a bland conference, but, um, that just, it doesn't seem like EA plans to change that anytime soon. Um, and I totally agree with the, the battlefront thing, Jared. So, yeah. Yeah. So I did like a way out on, unfortunately it's one of those that like overwatch. I just know it's not going to be for me no matter what totally respect what it's doing i think it's really cool but correct me if i'm wrong it's co-op only right yeah couch yep. co-op or online co-op but you can only play right. co-op yeah so it's not even like a destiny where you can play it by yourself and it's just not as good it's just straight up you can only play it with other people which isn't a bad thing it is it just is a bad thing for me so um but i i, I will I, I almost i still want to give them that point though is that's what i think was best um kind of looking at it from an objective point of view, right? Where, like, back a couple months ago and I had to give Overwatch a vote for Game of the Year because uh, I just had to, you know, give it the respect it deserved. Uh, you try to be objective, I guess. Um, as far as the worst part about it, and correct me if I'm wrong again, but they're adding a whole lot of cool stuff to NBA Live. Uh, story mode, right? Uh, you mean Madden. NBA Live doesn't have a story mode. NBA Live, okay. it was like the one where it was like you can play in the streets or you can play on the court. And a lot of people who are talking about it aren't really familiar with 2K. 2K has street ball in it. You can play 
Um, yeah, people were saying, yeah. like, oh, it's got Street Ball in it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, 2K has it. I've seen my brother play it. The problem with that, I think that could also be a glaring problem, Dom, actually, with their conferences. They didn't give anybody a reason to buy NBA Live over 2K. But I do what, think what they did do that was great was say there's a demo available for everyone. I've said, I said this on a couple other, uh, other podcasts I was on. That game needs a release at forty dollars, or it's dead in the water. Like, because they did not show a single thing that shows why you should buy it over two K. Two K is the clear king. Like, everything they showed in that trailer, two K already does, if not better. You know. Well, the crazy thing is just the fact that, I mean, clearly they have to know that. You know, I mean, of course they know. Uh, NBA Live has had a tumultuous last few years. And they've had to take years off, and then when they've been there, it hasn't been very good, not even really competing with 2K. And now you're going to have this coming back party for it, and you're going to uh, basically just show us uh, a replay um, before off the trailer, screen, of course, but to an off-screen replay outside, not just off-screen inside, yeah. but outside in the sunlight. And it's just a replay that these guys had just uh, finished playing. So it's like, that's not the way that you come back with a bang at all and that was really uh tone deaf and just goofy yeah so i guess so i i was a little mixed up so it was madden that got this new story mode which looks cool as hell yeah i'm probably not gonna you know i'm not gonna buy madden the long um, run is that what it's I, called? long shot long shot yeah i guess and this as opposed to where i just gave them points for a way out even though it's not for me I'm going to do the opposite here and give them unobjective points because there isn't a story mode announced for NHL, which I thought would have been really cool. Granted, obviously I know why they gave it to Madden first. <laughs> yeah. It sells by more. football. Yeah. Not hockey, right? Yeah. Um, but you know what? Fuck it. Uh, I, I want hockey, so. Well, the, thing, the cool thing is, is, so we got the Alex Hunter story for FIFA last year. Thankfully, they didn't bring out a fake football player this year to talk about it. You don't it. know me. But you will. But what we did get was a sequel to that story this year for FIFA, which means that we're probably going to get a sequel for Madden next year. Which I I do think this is great because it is EA adding value to their games. You know whether or not it yeah. makes you buy their game, Dom. It does give value. So people always argue it's just right. a roster right. update every year. I think them adding it. Plus, they had the, one of the actors from Moonlight. Like they actually had like a real legitimate. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, exactly. He's a proven actor, which I think is really cool. Um. The people who were talking about the story mode said that it's actually been in production for Madden for three to four years. And wow. one of the biggest problems with Madden and sports games in general is that they have such a short dev cycle. It's like eight or nine months. People think it's a year, but there's pre-pro and stuff. It's not a full year that they have in between games, you know? Kind of a lot of overlap. But, um, yeah, it's been in the works for a while. I think it looks cool. It does bring added value. Um, yeah, I think overall our impressions on EA so we can move forward are just... It was good. It didn't really do anything drastically different than what an EA conference, right? It had some misses, had sports games, had a way out, which is cool, but nothing crazy. Just it is what I it is. I want to say this real quick. We already kind of touched on it with the whole Battlefront 2 thing. I really didn't like the fact that uh, right before they start the Battlefront 2 thing, which obviously was way too long, uh, right before they start that, he goes, all right, now you're about to get 30 unfettered minutes of Star Wars, right? And then... Um, for that to just be a Battlefront match and not to have Amy Hennig's game or anything from Respawn is pretty upsetting because, um, you know, it is time for this Amy Hennig game to, like, start coming around. Like, it's been too long as it is. And for us to just have gotten essentially a screenshot or the, you know, walking out of the cantina shot last year, 
and then for them to say, you know, you're about to get 30 minutes of Star Wars, and then it doesn't even show up, and then we get a tweet where she's saying, you know, it's Battlefront here, so we didn't want to, you know, take up, you know, their spotlight or whatever, and it's just, it's just dumb. It's freaking I get that, Star though. Wars. If anything can have multiple games within the same franchise and people not get, uh, you know, fatigued of it within one conference. I think it's absolutely Star Wars, and I think that people are pining for this game of hers, and I just believe it's it's past time to actually show it to us in a real sense and not just a, you know, 10-second clip. I, I, I'm with you. Like, I want to see that game, Amy Henning's game, more than anything right now, but I totally get why they didn't show it. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, they need to sell Battlefront, so yeah, I, I get it. As yeah, much as I don't like it. going to sell, you know, bonkers either way, and I really <laughs> yeah. don't think that them spending an extra 15 minutes on that when it could have been spent on her game or another Star Wars game, I just don't think that it, that would affect uh, the Battlefront sales that much. Yeah, my biggest issue was, I, I think the the main actress in Battlefront 2 did a great job up there. I mean, she wasn't coming oh, up with what yeah. she was supposed to say. But the thing that bothered me is they had her say all this stuff about touting single player, and then all we saw was 30 minutes of multiplayer. Like, why don't you end <laughs> with a, a bigger glimpse at the story mode, and then say like, hey, that's been our show, if you want to stick around, you know, here's 30 minutes of Battlefront gameplay. I think that would have been Which the Which is what they did last year with Battlefield. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect. Yep. You know? If you want to stick around, because it gives all the people that really want to see it an opportunity to stay there. It gives the people who want to like dip out or maybe just watch a couple of minutes of it and dip out. But the way they handled it is people were kind of sitting there like, I want to see what else they're going to show. I don't want to leave the EA show, but I had to sit through here. This and like, like a it's like an ending credit scene. Exactly, and like yeah. I know you two aren't really fans of Let's Plays. I watched Let's Plays and I was getting bored. So I could just imagine the people that don't even <laughs> like Let's Plays. You know, really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go up to the next one, which was the second shortest uh, conference of the week. Uh, only the only you know other conference to beat it was the Nintendo Bethesda's, who ran for 38 minutes. Um, for me, I'll give you my positives and negatives. First, it's concise. I think a lot of people had an issue saying, "Well, why did they even have a conference this year?" That would have been a bigger issue to me if this thing stretched out to like an hour and a hour and a half. The fact yeah. that it was 30 minutes, I think, was perfect for the amount of announcements they had. There was a lot of stuff that really didn't matter to, I think, any of us three as far as, like, the Elder Scrolls Online or stuff like that. But I do think they had enough content there to justify all their uh, markets, right? Um, I think that it was in and out, like I said. My only my only issue with it, I think, was the Bethesda line thing was cool, but I think it did drag on at parts. I think it, it kind of, you know, overstayed its welcome a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, no, I, I, I genuinely liked it. I just think that sometimes the transitions themselves were a little long. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was probably a little bit of padding, though, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, think if it had been even shorter than 38 minutes. Um, but the Bethesda Conference, for as short as it was, had The Evil Within 2, which looked awesome to me. I think people are fans of that series. It's going to deliver on everything you want. And then Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein 2, man. I love the first Wolfenstein. Uh, Dom, you recently played through it. Like... It looks so good. So I'm so excited. There's a mission where you're in a wheelchair. So, yeah, my overall thoughts are like, yeah, Bethesda was short, but I do think it was a fine conference. And they're not going to not have a conference because for all of these years, there's years with Elder Scrolls and Fallout and their new uh, IP that we still don't know about. So I was fine with it. I liked it. Yeah, I got to jump in because you pointed out I did like Wolfenstein was the last game I just finished um, not too long ago. So coming right off the heels of that i i couldn't have timed it better uh, be <laughs> exactly <honest. laughs> that the trailer for the second game because the first is so fresh in my mind and 
one of the things I didn't like about the first game, and this is because it's a little bit older and it was also made for last gen. You know, it didn't look the greatest. You know, yeah. Kind of janky looking. Uh, totally understandable. So, like, seeing this, the new Wolfenstein 2, you know, it improved on that, you know, tenfold, which was awesome. And then, of course, everything else about it um, was what you want, but it just did it all exactly how you want it. Um, it's still Wolfenstein. It, 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 oh, man, it looks fantastic. And that day that it releases, October the 27th, that's a day. That's a day for gaming. Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. You got Mario, Mario Odyssey. AC. Yeah, that, Assassin's that's Creed Origins and that, probably yeah. the best October we've ever had. I really um, hope one of those moves for my wallet. Yeah. yeah. So Wolfenstein was easily my you know my high point for Bethesda. I didn't really mind that it was short. Um, you know, I don't know whether or not they didn't have enough to justify it. I don't even really want to get into exactly, that. Exactly right. I think um, they, they had learned kinda, from the overstretched uh, Dishonored section from last uh, year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Evil Within looked great too. Not my thing. Um, and then, but everything else besides those two, we literally, like, you know, were already previously announced. And Evil Within and Wolfenstein Two may as well have been previously announced. So they didn't have really any surprises, but. I, I don't know if I can really give them a knock for that because everything else was I thought fantastic. Even Fallout VR looked great, even though I'm never going to see it because it's a Vive exclusive. Exactly, Fuck you, Todd. Even going off of that though, like so, you say Wolfenstein Two clicked so much with you because of your recent engagement with the first Wolfenstein. I've been playing so much of Elder Scrolls Legends, like so much. So seeing them announce Heroes of Skyrim, the expansion, got me super excited. I know it wasn't for you know a lot of people, but. As much as I've invested into that game, that got me really stoked because I, I love Skyrim, so it's like, that's cool. I'm with you, too, because they they said, you know, I think it was July that it's coming to yep. mobile, so I'm down with that. Exactly. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on Bethesda? So, um, funny enough, before we even got here and you said that, I actually um, wrote down Bethesda Land as one of my, my highlights. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> if you look at... It was cool. And I... I, I can totally <laughs> see where it was maybe a little bit uh, long-winded in some parts, but yeah. the biggest thing about it is the fact that, um, you know, comparing it to, let's say, EA, where it can be really bland at times and sometimes even feels a little bit like chewing on cardboard, um, you look at the Bethesda conference and it's a fun and creative way to transition in between things. It, it gives the entire conference a sort of gel to connect yeah. uh, everything and it just gives it that special flavor that like I said you just don't have at an EA or a, a Ubisoft conference so I really appreciate that they went out of their way to do that because they really didn't need to they've had two great conferences before this year that uh, didn't lean on things like that so I just thought that, that was a nice addition and I really hope that you that you know kind of pushes especially the big three maybe to uh, liven up their conferences a little bit um, and then really I just want to uh, give shout shout outs to both Evil Within 2 and Wolfenstein 2 uh, excuse me I think that you know they bought um what is it? Tango Gameworks is that the is yeah, that the correct name? Yeah, that's a studio. Name? Yeah, yeah. Tango Gameworks is uh, the company that makes Evil Within, and of course that's Mikami, who is the guy behind uh, a lot of the best Resident Evil games. And so I can really appreciate the fact, obviously, within buying that studio and making them uh, one of their internal studios, I think you knew you were going to get Evil Within too. But it's just nice to see that a uh, game that obviously wasn't 
the biggest blockbuster and wasn't I mean it sold well I think but uh, you know probably wasn't up there with like um, Uncharted or something like that as a big big seller I think is really nice to see them still supporting that uh, second of all it is kind of carrying the torch for survival horror and um, I'm really excited with the um, the support that that genre is getting right now because I think it should be um, a lot more prominent than it is. So I'm really glad to see The Evil Within 2. Furthermore, it was just an incredibly awesome trailer. Yeah. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. terrifying as shit cool. and just, just so artfully done, so creative, and I really liked that. Um, then moving on to Wolfenstein, I think... This is uh, a game that you pretty much knew was coming. I mean, they when they reboot these uh, Doom and Wolfenstein and now Quake series, um, and these games do well, I mean, I, th I think it's pretty much a guarantee that you're going to see a sequel. But uh, once again, a cool example of a studio that they've bought now and they have internally with machine games, and it's just good to see these studios um, be given the space and the creative freedom to go and do what they want because I mean looking at those two trailers between Wolfenstein and Evil Within those are some hardcore trailers with a lot of crazy stuff going on in them and it's just those are the type of games that fill out uh, the AAA or maybe those are a little more AA but um, regardless the bigger budget game space those are the types of games that fill it out and keep it um, from being too bland uh, with the kind of samey open world stuff that we're unfortunately getting way too used to right now. So I'm glad to see games like that getting a spotlight. Man, so you pointed out that they have a lot of like crazy stuff going on in those trailers. So I, yeah. I, have, I would be remiss if at no point I mentioned how awesome Pete Hines was, especially after the <laughs> Wolfenstein trailer when he says, I told you there was going to be some crazy stuff in that trailer. I mean, there's a pregnant lady stabbing someone to death. That's fucking nuts. He said the guy tripping on acid, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was, was actually fantastic. going to uh, write that down as one of my lowlights. Um, and stick with me here. It's a, a little bit of a walk. Um, <laughs> the acid trip thing. I'm really kind of upset with that in a minor way, I would say, because um, seeing that the guy puts the tab in and literally five seconds later he's watching like this cartoon chameleon run away. And it would take a half an hour, it. right? And yeah, psychedelic drugs usually take about an hour to go through your system. And this might sound like a nitpick, but these drugs specifically have been uh, treated as such in the media to where they're they're um, really just kind of, it's a lot of hyperbole, and it shows um, most of the times when you see examples, you see people tripping the fuck out where they're seeing these crazy visuals and stuff that um, isn't there, but they're still talking and interacting with these things. And that's a very, very uh, hard trip that they're on if those things are happening, like fear and loathing or something like that. So um, it sucks to see that continuation of kind of the stereotype there and the uh the reinforcement of it because that's unfortunately not the way it is and uh i was kind of sad to see i like this take the, i, I like mean this. it's <laughs> i thought it was funny i understand your, i, I your like point the fact view, that but... it's in there but just if we're going to have those sorts of things in mainstream media and have those examples out there i just wish they were 
uh, treated with uh, no. the respect that they deserve, and not. I mean, the, it's it's a misconstruing thing to where people think, oh, you put a tab of acid in your mouth, and ten seconds later you're looking at cartoon chameleons. Yeah, that's a crazy drug. No one should ever touch that, and that's just not the case. You no, know? I, I I mean I mean like I like your take on it because you're completely right. Um, yeah. But you're probably the only one who's going to say that. Um, no, and I and I so. know I know that for one, that's a game specific thing and not necessarily a press conference specific thing. Yeah. But since you brought it up, I thought I would make the point, especially since um, it it was uh, brought into the context of the press conference when Pete Pete Hines comes out and says, "Yeah, that's some crazy fucking shit, man. Look at that." <laughs> yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Rant I think, over. Yeah. Uh. I think overall it was a good conference. I think we don't have really much else to say about it. Uh, it really cool that they doubled down on their whole Fallout thing of uh, all the games they showed at their conference are coming out this year. So that's really cool. Um, next up we have Ubisoft, which was personally I think my favorite overall. Um, wow. Yeah, I like the pace of it. I liked the beginning of the show when they had Miyamoto go out there with Yves Gilmour. I thought it was very heartwarming. Um, I When they showed the developer making... Um, Kingdom Battle, I think that was a really good moment. The guy was crying. Uh, he was very emotional at that point, seeing Miyamoto praising him for the game that he made. I thought that was really great. Um, there were some lows and stuff like that, but I really think that throughout all of the press conferences, Ubisoft's had the most heart. Um, you know, having all the devs walk out on stage afterwards. Uh, the, the, the example I just pointed out, even towards the end, uh, when Ansel came out there after they showed off that really cool uh, CG Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer, I just felt that it had the most heart out of all of them, had the most levity, um, and it had some of my biggest surprises. You know, AC wasn't a surprise. Skull and Bones, that's probably not a game I'm going to play, where it's, you know, the, the ship combat from Black Flag, but it was a surprise. No one really saw that game coming, right? Um, Kingdom Battle impressed me. It was a game that I was like, oh yeah, Rabbids, Mario, I don't think it's going to be bad, but it's definitely not a game for me. A legitimate um, purchase for me that I might make when I have my Switch. I love XCOM and it looks really good. Uh, yeah, so I think overall, and Beyond Good and Evil 2 is super cool. Very, uh, very. I don't know. They they had a lot of character in that trailer, so I liked Ubisoft overall. There was some lulls and stuff like that, but yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. So I I thought the uh, Mario and Rabbids thing was a pleasant surprise, I would say. And. Um, you know, I think everybody, us included, was kind of looking at that leaked key art like, yeah, all right, what the hell is this shit going to be, you know? Especially when you hear that it's uh, Mario, Peach, Luigi, and uh, Toad, and then you have the rabid versions. Um, but I think, like you said, the fact that it does kind of look like a, uh, a family-friendly XCOM in a way uh, with the combat system. And then... Um, the explanation of the story with the fact that their worlds have kind of collided and they you have to like uh, decorrupt the mushroom kingdom I think is actually a decent way to um, to word this you know because it could be something way more stupid I guess yeah um, I think that I was actually kind of disappointed with skull and bones because I did feel like it was just a little bit of a cash in on the Oh yeah, uh, fervor that has been the been happening since um, AC three with the ship combat because I feel like one I think I am just a little bit salty because there is no single player campaign and that you can't sucks, even get off your but, boat <laughs> like yeah yeah that's the thing is it's like 
you're not even it's not even a pirate game it's a boat game and um it just it just kind of sucks that it isn't more fleshed out and that it is like because this is i'm sure this is going to be a 60 dollars game and it's really just like boat mode from ac3 or ac4 it's like my uh, least favorite AC4 parts mode. of those games too personally right uh, me <laughs> yeah. too exactly yeah. so um i just wish it was more because it would be like you know there aren't really any pirate games out there that aren't Assassin's Creed Black Flag, so I'd like to see a real AAA pirate game because that would be fucking dope. And there, you know, there's totally ways that it could be um, really cool and successful as a AAA game. I think. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed in that. And actually, I was, um, you know, you talked about some of the heart that this conference had, Jared. I feel like, um, for me personally, I think Ubisoft actually has. Um, the least hard outside of maybe EA just because those sorts of moments to me actually come off as disingenuous and it's like they're pulling on the heartstrings but they're not really necessarily there. I think the the guy crying when Miyamoto's talking about his game is completely genuine um, but you know some of these moments especially like Michelle and Sal coming out and it's like oh it's been such a hard and long process oh and by the way could you help us make this game because we're not able to do it ourselves being one of the largest video game publishers in the world um, and having announced this game well, it's not a kickstarter it's, this point. it's beta testing I don't know why people are so hung up on that you sign up for beta testing the program that they announce is beta testing it's not kickstarter or anything well maybe I, it was just miscommunicated but to me it seemed more like uh outsourcing of development resources as oh, opposed no. to beta testing. No, it's just but be- I, beta testing. <laughs> either way, I think they could have explained it better if nothing else because um, I don't I don't ever remember hear, hearing them say the words uh, we need beta testers or you're going to be a beta tester. They um, said so they just could've... help us make the game, right? Yeah. I don't I don't remember really. Yeah, yeah join the Space Monkey program I... and help us make this game great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, that and then actually the uh, Miyamoto and Yves Guillermo uh, moment I thought was just a little bit too much. I thought like once again they're trying to make it uh, feel like a genuine thing and it just didn't to me. Um, second of all, you have major language barriers there with a Frenchman and a Japanese man, so it's like um, it's not like <laughs> these guys are constantly just hanging out and cutting up and you know. Um, making each other laugh and stuff i think they yeah uh, they probably know each other but it, i just don't think that that's a super genuine thing um and then the the guns coming out and them acting like they're shooting it was just those are the top the parts of e3 that i wish we could just be done with because all it is is um is just them trying attempts at pandering humor, in my opinion that don't work and it is very pandering yeah. and it does remind me of these guys coming out and trying to use hip cool internet slang to get a laugh out of the crowd so they seem um you know down to earth or whatever and it just doesn't ever play well for me so um those were my um complaints and then just going back to beyond good and evil for a second i do think it is weird to come back after all these years um, nearly 10 years after the first CG trailer and then you jump right back into another CG trailer without gameplay um, I do wish that they had um, come back with gameplay and been like no we have been making this game it's fucking awesome and we're going to show you how awesome it is right now yeah alright so let me jump in I'm with you guys Mario Rabbids pleasant surprise like yeah. very pleasant surprise Like absolutely I was 
I was nowhere on that before this. I mean, I, I you know, we all saw it, the leaks and stuff, and kind of looked at it like, huh? But after seeing everything and the timing, um, you know, it's late August. That's like I was saying about October being so packed. Late, you know, late August, September. If you're not into Destiny, there's not really much going on there, um, at least in comparison to the rest of the year. So that might be something to actually grab. Um, Argu- it's kind of weird to think. Arguably the prettiest game on Switch so far, too. Like, it looked oh, really it, nice. Yeah, It looks fantastic, yeah. Um, so that's definitely my high point. Um, uh, Beyond Good and Evil, that, I literally couldn't know less about that, so that did nothing for me. Um, my, wow. lo- my low point... I love and that's that just trailer. Because, yeah. No, it's a cool, yeah, it's even a cool if trailer. you don't know about it, I think that trailer had a lot of character to it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. It's just I have no. I'm, I watched it like that's a cool trailer. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there is you know like we talked about with Zelda. Um, there's some nostalgia factor that plays into how much, how cool you think things are, right? Yeah. Um, and there's certainly so, like what the fuck is that game? You know, like, right? I, I have a little have bit of no that. No idea. Uh, yeah. It was but, since, uh, sorry, go ahead, Dom. I don't want to cut you off. No, because I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to something else. So you go. Okay. Ahead. Uh, yeah. So I think I, for me, that was probably one of my favorite trailers of the entire E3 was a Beyond Good and Evil two thing. I do agree yeah. with you, Jordan, that it there's there should have been some gameplay. Uh, I think that comes from a lack of confidence in it, just because Beyond Good and Evil was such a cult classic and on sale. I'm not, you know, giving pity for the dude, but he's obviously had a very hard time trying to make this game. He's had to go through multiple publishers. I think he's finally happy that he has a publisher that is going to give him... Look at that trailer. They're probably giving him a decent budget, right? And they... Whether or not... Whether or not they're playing on the nostalgia or not, Ubisoft is putting the money into making this something. Uh, A bunch of people have had uh, behind-closed-doors demos with this game, and from what they've said is, yeah, it's super early, in, and we're talking about the conference, so I don't take this into account at all, but I just want to say, um, it's very early in development, but they showed them getting in a ship and going from in a city to uh, the so- outside in uh, space in the solar system without a single loading screen. So, like, the tech yeah. is very good, and it's, it, it's there. It's just that, from what they've said, it's, like, very early in development, so I bet you a lot of the textures aren't there. A lot of the stuff to pre it up. But I do agree with you. Uh, it's a justified thing of, like, yeah, we want to see some gameplay. But it still was awesome. Um, Very early in development for a game that was revealed in 2008. Well, it was so originally revealed, and then it it went away, and it wasn't even in active development. It, there was, like, it was never Yeah, I know again. it's not yeah. the same game that they've just been up the whole time, but it is, like... Also, really, think about the majority really of people who didn't even play Bianca and Evil the first one this one yeah. like you said i think did enough to be like people who aren't even familiar with the first game like that looks cool you know what i mean so yeah yeah so the last thing i want to say on that really quick um before i move on and this will come up again later when we talk about nintendo but i think this year e3 in general general we were reminded about how powerful you know surprise announces really are yeah. even if they don't come with gameplay exactly you know? yeah so that's that's the last thing i'll say on that but still saying on ubisoft though i think my low light and and it's a kind of a surprise because this is the game that I'm most the looking forward two. to from them. <laughs> the crew yeah, two is no, awful. That's, I hated the whole that doesn't even <laughs> That doesn't even make it into yeah. my thought process here. That's yeah. how much I don't care. Yeah. So <laughs> that goes into what I'm going to say, though, because my low light is actually Far Cry 5 because it's what I'm most looking forward to. So I was also like kind of, I think, most critical about it. I just wish the trailer wasn't as goofy as it was. Um, and I, I know... Even... I know I the game think it was the goofiness. Like I just feel like I was hype on that game, and they showed me that footage, and I'm like, 
well, you just de-hyped me because you didn't show me anything cool at all besides so, regular Far Cry explosions. Maybe goofy wasn't the right word, but, it, you know, the song, the... the dun, 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 like, no, I think what, it was. I think goofy it, is the right it was word. A the totally different for the characters and all. Yeah, and all that, the dog, boomer, or whatever. Like, that's all good and stuff, Like, but I was hoping that you know they would show us the darker tone that that I know the game is going to have right yeah. this yeah, is some exactly. like scary you know deadly cultist shit going on and you know that that villain is going to be like fantastic like you, we j- we all know it's going to you know they always have great villains in these games and like I want to see him you know like do something disgusting while you're tied up like I don't know that's kind of what I was hoping for and so that's why this trailer <laughs> Didn't impress I wanted to me see him drink the blood out don't of a man's you, skull. What the fuck? Don't you think it's because it was at E3 and they were trying to battle these like criticisms and stuff like that? Because, like you said, we know this game's going to have dark moments. But I just right. think that they, they wanted to do mass appeal, which I disagree with because I wanted to see what you wanted to see. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm still excited for that game. But I do agree with you from a purely oh, yeah. conference standpoint. I do think right. it was a poor showing for it. I, I yeah, looking at – when I watched that trailer, I was like, that's not really what I wanted to see from that. And again, I'm still with you. I'm super excited for that game. But that conference and the trailer they showed for that game, I was like, yeah, that's not what I wanted out of it. So um, just putting it out. Next up, I think we're going to be heading into the big three now. We'll start off with Xbox, considering they were the first one to go out of the big three. Um, for me, I think my positives were there was a lot of diversity in their conference. Uh, you know, uh, Phil Spencer came out there and they said they had 42 games and all the exclusives and all that stuff, and it showed. Like, seeing Dragon Ball Fighters up there, uh, seeing, um, what's the name of the MMO? Black... Uh, Desert. Black Desert. Um, there was just a lot of variety, I think, in all of the games they showed, from indies to AAAs. Um, I know we're not really worrying too much about comparing conferences, but it was very odd to me that on Xbox's stage, Assassin's Creed, Metro, and Anthem all showcased way better than the uh, than the third parties that, that Sony had. I think that Destiny 2's yeah. um, uh, uh, thing at, at Sony's conference wasn't very good. Not Nothing against the game, but like their showcasing of it. I think that their showcasing of Call of Duty wasn't very good. And we didn't even see Battlefront 2 on Sony's stage, which was super that weird, too. Yeah. I get it, that, though. Yeah, they don't and, have enough time, Jared. they got to fucking get out of there. Yeah, and I think, I think Anthem's presentation was really good. Uh, Metro's was obviously super cool and AC's was super cool too I think they handled third parties better and I, I do agree with I, my one criticism with Xbox was there wasn't the huge oh my god IPs but I think it was a war of attrition and there was a ton of games there that I'm super excited about we didn't get the, the Spider-Mans and the Days Gone but we did get a lot of games that I'm, that I'm personally interested in the PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds announcement I think was huge um, that looked cool which well, is not something I'd normally be into. Yeah, that game's like a phenomenon on PC, and the fact that they were able to cage that down for uh, for launch is super big. Um, and the other thing I want to um, commend them on is the small amount of time they spent on Xbox One X specs, and the thing that they did that people have talked about, the criticism for PlayStation 4 Pro, he literally went up there and said, you know, it has super sampling for people who don't have 4K TVs, it'll give you improvements on your 1080p, and also, it'll give you faster loading times. Like, they, they made a reason for people who don't have a 4K TV. Yeah, the price they isn't... They sold it, is what they did. Yeah, the price is like, people are like, it's not 400 For what you're getting in that box, I think 500 is a good price. Now, am I saying everything Absolutely. they showed on stage justified, like, you'd immediately be like, I want to buy one? No, but I do think that you can easily make a case for it, you know? So, I think Xbox I'm... had a really good showing, and I, I really appreciate their diversity and their third-party showing and everything, so... I'm so surprised about how 
people have reacted to this $500 price point. I'm like, yeah. Okay, look at yeah. the PS4 Pro at 400 Everyone talks about how it's not a true 4K machine. It's underpowered for what it's supposed to be doing. Blah, 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 blah. And then you're looking at the Scorpio or the Xbox One X at 500 and you're saying, oh, that's too expensive. Well, you can't <laughs> yeah, exactly. have it both ways. Exactly. I, so it's, I guess, I guess it's strange. I don't know. I think people just don't understand this new... Everyone's used to, like, the S, right? Like, they understand what the S is in terms of iteration. I think this the new... These new... Uh, yeah, well, the S and then the Slim for, for PlayStation. I think these, these more powerful iterations, I think people are having this weird argument of, like, they need to directly compete. Well, 500 is a very good price for what you're getting in that box. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I don't know. Yeah, like, true really for... Like, they showed you Forza running at 4K 60 frames a second. What other $500 machine can you do that with? Exactly. It's weird, too, because it went from people worrying that it was going to be 600 and being happy that it will be 500 And then there was some weird thing that happened like a month before the, the, the E3 that people were like, oh, it needs to be 400 If it's 500 that's too much. And I was like, that was a, that was a weird jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, the fact that it's yeah. the smallest Xbox ever, I think, is really huge. You oh, know it's what I mean? a good-looking motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, so so good looking. The fact that they moved the disc tray in between, so it's in the middle there, hides it really well. I think, I think they did a good job with the design and everything. And I think five hundred is a good is a good value. Also, I think much this better is, looking than the old fucking PS4 Pro over here, ugly as shit sandwich. Design. Also, I think they want they wanted to sell this fall, obviously, but their their main priority is the S. I think next year when they have the Halos or the Gears or whatever is going to show up, it's going to get a price Some cut. Bundles. Yeah, I yeah. think it's going to get a price cut, and that's when they're really going to get invested to it. I think this is them getting it out there, focusing on still selling the S, but getting it hyped for people who want the X, and then next year's going to be their bundle price cut excitement thing. Yeah. yeah. So this year, you're going to get you know the initial like hardcore people who are going to buy it right out of the gate, You know, the two, three million people, um, just like Pro. But then next year, depending, that's really when you're going to see, maybe it drops down to 400 and comes with Halo 6 or something. That's when it really is going to have an impact, I think. I think right out of the gate, kind of like PS4 Pro, it's just going to be like it's there for the people who are that small niche who really want, you know, the best Xbox or the best PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and the price, oh, what irritates me the most about the whole price discussion is when people act as if it was a choice, you know, as if, <laughs> yeah. as if they could have made it 400 but they yeah. wanted the extra 100 I think 100 they're bucks. already losing money at They five. are. It's already confirmed. Probably. It's already confirmed yeah. they are losing money on it. Yeah. You could Which say they can do. We've talked about that. They have the money to do. As Microsoft is a gigantic corporation, uh, but yeah, like like you said, Dom, it's not a fucking choice. There right, was a exactly. choice to lose money on the thing. Yep. Right, and they probably still. I would. I'm not surprised at all because, like you said, Jared, that it, it really is like a great value for that price. It yeah, truly is. Like that. If you wanted to build that in a PC, you're probably looking at eight nine hundred bucks. You know? Well, and don't forget the 4K Blu-ray and and right. some of the other features that you're and getting the controller all and all that. You're probably closer to a thousand, yeah. So, it is a great value for what it is. I, that's kind of the the lens I think you'd be better off looking at it through instead of a fanboy lens of it's overpriced. It's never going to sell. They should have made it 300. Like, just you know. Yeah. Cool also. It. I think also another big part that they made a huge thing about that Sony talked about in the PS4 Pro presentation, but I don't think they really doubled down on. And some people have actually seen this as a, as a criticism for PS4 Pro, is they also made it a point to be like, we have all of these games from third-party publishers that are going to have updates 
for the Xbox One X, and also them right. saying like, here, here are all the first party games that automatically are going to get updated for. I think they did a good job about messaging and everything, and I do think this is like, here's the announcement of the X, and here's some reasons that excited. And I think like I'm just going to reiterate, next year I think is going to be the bundle, the price drop, some some of the right. big heavy hitter IPs. Because think about this, like. I don't really want to talk about who won or who lost, but I think Xbox had, you, you can argue they had the strongest conference, if not one of the strongest, and they didn't show Halo or Gears. That's good. That's really yeah. good for Xbox. Yeah. So, Man, on the same note, I also, I, I got a lot of air, grievances to air right now, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also don't, didn't really like, leading up to this E3, all the hyperbole people put on, Microsoft has to just blow everyone out of the water and give us a 4K box for $300 or they're done. It's the end of the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, the, Xbox was not hanging in the balance on the results of this E3 presentation. Like, it's, oh, I, I don't know. I'm, People just can't get it through their heads that Xbox One can still be a successful console regardless yeah. of how PS4 does. Yeah. Uh, right. That's a whole, yeah. We've all kind right. of, we've kind get, of just, get going. yeah, we've kind of just <laughs> went over all my highlights and lowlights, but I want to hear specifically what your guys' highlights and lowlights were. Like, what were your favorite things? What were some misses for you? I'm still fired up, so I'm just going to jump back. In. Okay. <laughs> um, highlights and lowlights. I'm gonna I'm gonna mush these two together. We talked about the X too much, so I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. So, it's kind of a good and a bad thing for me. So right out the gate, they said you know 42 games, 22 exclusives, and you're like thinking, oh damn. Like, yeah. Oh damn. Right. Um, and so again, the diversity in all those games, the you know the volume of those games was awesome. Like that's cool. It's also for me a bit of a low light too on the. I'm kind of a it's a good and bad thing so most of those games I couldn't care less about right there was a one or two um, outside of you know Metro um, that I really cared about you know player yeah. unknown um, and there was one indie game uh, last, last night I think last night which ooh, that's a whole nother discussion about the developer yeah, behind that, that game. cyberpunk boy yeah that looked fantastic but then a lot of the other smaller games they showed um, granted, I know Tacoma will be cool, but I don't know. I didn't really. It was just a short little. I don't know. It was just you can't show too much of, of that game because that game's not too long to begin with. You know, it's like a gone. That's a good experience. point. So it's like so I actually it's really not, like that Tacoma trailer. Yeah, me too. I mean, it, yeah, it's not really Teach anyone's own. fault. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I, it, so the volume and diversity is a good thing for me, but then it's also kind of a bad thing because a lot of the and this is very subjective. Just a lot of those games just didn't hit home with me. Yeah, completely so understandable. You know, yeah. I, so that's what I got. Yeah, Jordan. Um, so yeah, of course the Xbox One X is a highlight. Just the way that they handled it, especially that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Sony has an entire uh, like press briefing last fall for the Pro, and this guy comes out in about five minutes. He's like, "Here's every little fucking thing you need to know. Bullet points, easy to understand, easy to see why you'd want it if you have a 1080p screen." And yeah, he did it in just a couple minutes, and it's like, wow, that was the way to fucking do it, you know? So, yeah. props there. Um, I think Metro being um, treated kind of like a AAA big franchise and being awesome. out there in front, I did like that. I like the way that they handled all their games, whether they were indies or AAA or somewhere in between. Um, yet, you know, the diversity that you talked about, Jared, was clearly unrivaled at any other conference. In oh, yeah. Uh, this year's E3 and I think the uh, you said this is the strongest conference possibly and I think that's easily the case because they had everything just like they did last year and they you really weren't left wanting for much at all and um, they just 
they just hit the nail on the head on from all different directions and so I just appreciate what Microsoft is doing at their E3 conferences these last couple years where they're making sure that you feel like you got something out of it no matter who you are yeah and they really are covering all the bases and I like a fully fledged show that has um not only something for everyone but just has all the little uh, bits and pieces that I feel like an E3 conference deserves it is one of the most important times of, of the year for games in general and so uh, treating it as such is extremely important important and I am very appreciative to Microsoft for that the way that they handle these conferences yeah, and um Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I thought you were done. My apologies. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was about to move on to my low lights, but those those can wait. Uh, yeah. I'll, the only thing I wanted to add to you is like, I understand from like Dom's perspective, there there was a lot of games that maybe a lot of them didn't speak to you, but I do appreciate that with that many games, there's bound to be something that appeals to somebody, and right. like that was the first time we saw Anthem fully, and I thought that looked great. Obviously, that's probably not your taste because you're not a multiplayer guy. Uh, yeah. Metro, the last time it's just a, a bad European, draw for me. <laughs> yeah, the last time a European developer released the third game in their series that was based on novels, we got a masterpiece. And I'm not saying yep. like 4A Games is CD Projekt Red, but that gets me excited because just like The Witcher 3 was treated oh. with such respect, I think that Metro is getting that respect too, and I'm super excited. Um, and that's yeah. a good point. That I I just want to say I'm glad. Those are the two probably biggest video game franchise based off of books, and I'm glad that, um, like, they're showing people like you can adapt novels and make them into cool video games. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. We can get into your lowlights, ah. and then we'll head into PlayStation if you want. State of Decay. I forgot to say, kind of dehyped me actually. Uh, bad know. trailer. I'm still excited for that Weak. game. Bad, bad trailer. Weak trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um. So real quick, just a kind of a tangent off of one of your points, Jared. Um, so CD Projekt Red announced that uh, they will be one of those third parties that is going to update Witcher 3 for the Xbox oh. One X. Yeah. And it's just kind of odd because when the Pro was coming out, they were saying, oh, we're not going to spend time on a Pro patch because we're going to focus all our resources on Cyberpunk, which I'm totally cool with, obviously. But then now that the Xbox One X is a thing, they're like, no, we're going to do a patch for the One X and the Pro. So they caved. I, I guess they just caved, yeah, but it's like... Um, well, don't you think it's I because... Don't, don't you think it's because the X is a larger gap, so it's like, that justifies it more, and then at that point, they're like, well, if we're going to make it for that, we can scale it down to the PS4 Pro, right? So it's like... Possibly. I, I just... I don't get the, the wishy-washiness of it. Like, if they were taking a stand, like, nah, dude, we're going full bore on this Cyberpunk 2077 over here, I would really appreciate that, but the... It just kind of seems like they were... Not necessarily a high horse, but they were definitely like, no, we're focusing on the future and not the past, essentially, with that uh, statement about the pro, and then but now that's clearly null. Yeah, You could make the same argument, though, that this is also them on a high horse, because they're not getting really any added income out of making these patches, right? Like, this is an old game. It's not really going to sell more as a result of this. A little bit, maybe, but they're doing yeah. something for people who already own it, right? Which is something that... That, that CD Projekt like right is do. known for, yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate that it's happening. It's just weird that they right. changed back and forth. Yeah, I agree. It is a little odd. It is odd. So low lights, they're pretty quick. I think the Forza car thing is just getting old. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> it makes why them the so much money. No, like, it's dumb, but it, it does I, make I them a lot I get that it does, and I get that that's a big, uh, get a big partnership that they have, yeah. and it's also a big part of Forza, Forza, and it is 
for that community, that's probably a huge deal. But that is a niche community, and the fact that they are insistent about this and that they make they make such a big fucking deal about it, like every time they build it up for minutes talking about it and then they're like and here it is a car like they're gonna show <laughs> yeah. us the fucking batmobile yeah. and we're gonna shit our yeah. pants like we know what a fucking car looks like i know what a really nice car at least looks it didn't like. come like down from the roof it usually comes down from the roof at least it was just exactly like that's thing. what i'm saying is they make this yeah. big fucking deal about it and it's like a car we know what nice cars like look like even if we can't afford them you know yep. there's google image search <laughs> thanks for showing me so something I i'll think, never be able to afford thanks cool yeah it's like i just i just don't get it and it is it's, kind of i mean it's not a waste of time because clearly they weren't time restricted and they did you know whatever they want but it is like why does it have to be every time so you know? yeah so jared jared is very much right it's one of those kind of like with you know the sports games where we got to remember that they have to work with these other leagues to get these licenses you know this is probably a favor Microsoft was doing to Porsche to let Porsches be in the damn game, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they can't just put Porsches in the game without permission from Porsche. Well, and then I'm I bet you Porsche, not Porsche. I bet Sorry. you Porsche was like, we want X amount of, we want some screen time during E3. Exactly. Yeah. So it's exactly. Like, yeah. I do I agree it. with you. That's, that's a necessary archaic, evil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Let just me the way they presented of like, it's about to blow your fucking <laughs> mind in 20 minutes once we finally uh, show you. Yeah. Um. So, moving on to my other low light, I would say the Darwin Project, the eSport type hero shooter thing. The and Overwatch just the way that they presented it with the shoutcaster and um, literally shoutcasting um, very much at the top of his lungs. I think a uh, friend of the show, Ian Hink, said it best over on Easy Allies. He was saying, you know, it's getting tiring, these games that are coming out, and they're like, we're going to be the next eSport. Get ready. You know, Quake Champions and, and Darwin Project and games like this where, I mean, Quake is a little more understandable because it's like the first eSport or whatever, but yeah, uh, then bringing that back. But still, it's like annoying when these games come out and tell you that they're going to be the next eSport phenomenon. And it's like, no, we as the audience will decide what deserves our attention. And this was like at every conference. There was one of these almost at every conference. Yeah. And it was like, well, and Jesus it is, Christ. And it is. And I, you know, I had thought that before, so I'm not just copying what Ian said. I'm yeah. just like plucking that and using that as a point of mine. I do think that is absolutely annoying. And it's not just in esports. There's other situations where games come out and it's like, we're going to be the next this or that. Yeah. We're going to be this type of thing. And you're going to like it because you like this type of thing. <laughs> exactly. It's like, let us fucking decide because we're the goddamn audience who pays for it. And you are the people that are trying to sell it to us. So quit acting like well, you're, you know, it's like a public service announcement. Like, get ready for the next big thing. The funny thing, though, is, like, I actually like the shoutcaster from the aspect of literally what he was doing. Removed from the game, I like the way he was shoutcasting for people who enjoy that. I would have loved if he was doing that for, like, an Overwatch expansion or a new Overwatch character. You know, a, <laughs> I mean, a multiplayer. if he literally just, like, turned the decibels down a few notches because it was, it was like, all right, dude, you need to I, shut the fuck up. I loved it. Didn't make sense of the gameplay. They did a poor job of stating that, like, chat actually influences the game. Like, it was a poor presentation from the demo and with him. Like, overall, I, I do agree it was, like, one of the worst parts of the Microsoft conference. That was overall, like, really good. It's just, like, that was, like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Right. Um, That's all I got. PlayStation. This was, I think, the most divisive conference in terms of people who really liked it, people who didn't like it, people who were middle ground. 
Um, for me, I'm arrow down, and that's not saying like I don't think it was a bad conference. I think it was a, a good conference overall for the most part. Um, I think they're getting a little too overboard with the onstage performance crap. I loved the music at the beginning. I thought that was really cool. It set up the, the, the presentation really well. Um, gave you the vibes of what Uncharted Lost Legacy is going to be. I think the the zombies hanging upside down was dumb. I think it was <laughs> fucking dumb. A waste I of gotta pro- agree with you. It's on that, old yeah. E3 is what that is. I, uh, poor poor waste of production. Um, I so they held it in a theater, and I don't know if it was just me, but every time they cut to the crowd, it looked like they were all dead. Like there was no reaction from the well, crowd. Well, I think for that's like, because it. I I don't think it was a very hype conference. Yeah, and then the last thing is I think the the. The Spider-Man thing at the end where they had a separate screen come out in front was really odd, yeah. too. I think that was a yeah. really odd choice. Uh, didn't make sense Which, to me, really. I was like, oh, that's weird. Just a, a tangent here. At E3 conferences, it would be really great if you guys could just, instead of like making us watch the first 20 seconds of the trailer off-screen on your giant Jumbotron, yeah. as soon as you, you, you know pitch it to a trailer, then just switch the screen and don't make us watch... The, the dumb thing is reacting to it in this weird audio. Yeah, the weird thing is they do that because it's for trademark purposes. That way, when they post the trailers online, they can post them before anybody else, and people can't just rip it and post it right away. Which I understand why they do that. Doesn't make any difference. Those twenty seconds you're sparing doesn't really change anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. Um, yeah. So going really quick into my positives and negatives. My positives of uh, Sony's show were I think Spider Man looked cool. Um, people have concerns with the QTE of it, like the heavy QTE. I've heard better things about it since of people actually going behind closed doors and saying that it's not as QTE intensive as that demo was, which I think was a plus. Yeah, I, I'm not understanding why people are having this thought in their mind. Yeah, like, like, oh, that's the whole game. Like that, you, that's that was an Uncharted sequence. And exactly. You know, it. You know right. that Uncharted isn't all QTEs. Exactly. The, the vibe I got from it was that that was one like you know isolated mission of an open world game. That's kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah, the vibe I got too. Exactly, I, uh, I thought it looked great. I think the Easter egg at the end, it was poorly done by I think Sony because it came after that giant montage, so people were already tuned out, and then they did the Miles Morales Easter egg. I thought it was yeah, a cool no Easter egg. No one knew about that until it was posted online. Exactly, really. I thought it was a cool Easter egg. I think the way they handled it was kind of dumb. Um, Gears of War, uh, Gears of War, Jesus Christ, <laughs> if only. Uh, God of War, I think. God looked, of War. Yeah, God of War, I think looked really cool. Um, I do have some personal gripes with how the combat looks at times. Um, not from, just from like a weird like nitpicky movement aspect. I think like, I'm, I have no problems with the button mashy that's God of War, but like some of the ways like he was like ice skating, it seemed like sometimes, which is kind of odd. Um, is it like where um, like you're about to go into a an animation of a guy getting like yeah. a brutal kill or whatever, like in Doom? But he like it kind of like slides him into place so that he's locked into that exactly. animation. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think that's gonna be a problem in the game. I think it was just the perspectives they chose for the trailer. You know, I don't think that'll be a huge yeah. issue during gameplay. I thought that looked but really to cool. To be honest, that's that's a problem throughout video games as a whole. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm not like it's God of War's issue. You know, um, yeah. I just the way that we had that presentation specifically. Um, my negatives uh, and Shadow Class is like a middle ground for me. I didn't really play the first one. I think it's cool that they're remastering it, but it really did nothing for me either way. Um, uh, my negatives are lack of diversity, and the reason this yep. is such an issue with me is because they had all the diversity in their pre-show. 
And people are saying, well, if yeah. you're a true Sony fan, you would have tuned in an hour early. No, it's E3. I had no idea. Yeah, show me what you no want to show Fuck me. that shit. Where's Nino Kuni? Undertale. Like, people think that, like, that game's huge on PC. Even that would have went over well during their conference, too, of, like, the middle gap. Like, space it out and show us some indies. Or Nino, Nino Kuni looks phenomenal, dude. It's one of the best-looking games I've seen all E3. Like, just from an art standpoint, that game looks so good. Um... And it was just a shame that that was in the pre-show. Even GT Sport, they gave the release date for that in the pre-show, which means it's probably getting delayed again. Like, how are you going to have a brand new powerful console in the PS4 Pro and not showcase your racing game? Like, it's just weird to me. Um, well, clearly, they don't know how the fuck to show the PS4 Pro. They Exactly. You know, not selling um, it with, along with 4K TVs and shit. We've, we've been through that, and it's just sad how they've... I think like botch that exactly i think the problem with sony's conference is they kind of tried doing exactly what they did last year except with no new games essentially and that's not going to go over super well with people it goes over great when you have a bunch of new releases or games people haven't seen before it doesn't necessarily get people super excited if it's a bunch of games we already know so like it's not a bad conference it just doesn't build any hype at all right and like i said i think their third party stuff was bad for you know they pay money for it i thought the way they showcased destiny 2 was bad i thought the way they showcased call of duty was bad that was a multiplayer trailer did you guys know it was a multiplayer trailer because i didn't not until it was the title was exactly on youtube or whatever exactly uh we didn't see battlefront 2 like that's where you show us the story that we didn't see that at ea give us yeah. the story trailer during sony's conference so yeah i think a lack of diversity and putting stuff in the pre-show was awkward and they did have some really exciting games, but I just think overall, if we're judging it from a conference perspective and not individual games, I think it was just an okay conference, personally. What about you guys? <laughs> go ahead, Dom, because I'm about to go in on these motherfuckers. It's going to take a sec. So, I think they, you, you have like a good point about the pre-show stuff. And to me, like, as opposed to Microsoft, where like Microsoft didn't really have as many choices, like they kind of put everything out, I guess they could. Um, and that was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, like they could have, I guess they could have, you know, had their own pre-show and pulled some of those, you know, 20, 42 games before, I guess. But I, I don't know if that would have worked the same. So they clearly made some decisions. Sony clearly made some decisions here. Like we're not going to, you know, put Nino Cooney in our show. We're not going to put GT Sport in our show or Undertale. Yeah. They didn't even um, put Persona 5 last year. Mac. It's like they just don't even, yeah, it's, right. well, whatever. So that's that's the formula they try to follow, right? They didn't put Neo or Persona Five or Yakuza in their conference last Great year, and those Mirage. were, you know, some of their biggest exclusives. So near Automata. To me, it's just a <laughs> near Automata. Yeah, it's just a differing strategy. Where like at this, you know, at this specific hour conference, they want to show like their biggest AAA, um, mostly exclusives. Um, that's just the approach they go with, despite you know, kind of ignoring when they may or may not release. You know, because it, That's another said, issue. You know, <laughs> no release dates. <laughs> right. And and then you get into like, well, what do you want out of the conference, yeah. right? Because when you look at Sony, well, they still do have exclusive re- releasing this fall. A couple actually, right? But if you were to just watch this conference, you wouldn't know that. So it kind of – it's kind of two separate conversations I guess. Yeah. So I don't necessarily hate their approach because the couple games they did show at the conference, you know, Days Gone, God of War, and Spider-Man, you know, the big ones, they looked – unbelievable to me like those are like probably the top three um i'll throw metro in there too but like the those are the top crazy three, like, thing is gameplay things i saw god of war was being shown on a base ps4 
Right, exactly. So Like, you don't have to put them next to each other, but why are you not showing these games on your pro console that runs them better yeah. and crisper? Yeah, and, I mean, that, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But to me, like, I like their approach because those are the games I wanted to see. Um, and I didn't really know that, but until they showed me, right? Yeah. Because last year, Days Gone was kind of like, oh, this could be cool. A little people were maybe a little bit, a little bit, you know, less hype on it even than that. But after seeing it this year, I was like, okay, here's your sixty bucks. Send me yeah. the game. But so I guess the games they did show, I like that. That was my positive. So put it pushing aside, uh, you know, some of the smaller IPs and indies into that pre-show. I I appreciated that, and I liked the games they did show. Um, as far as a low light, I wish those games were coming out sooner. Again, that's not really a choice, I guess. Yeah. Um, I wish Days Gone had a release date because now it's like, so what is it, not 2018? Is it going to be 2019? Is it going to bump up against Last of Us 2? I don't know. Yeah, it, and Weird. Detroit didn't get even a year, right? So it's like... Right, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, that doesn't mean that just because they announced you know, 2018 for some games and not others... That doesn't mean that Days Gone isn't also early 2018. Yeah, it also doesn't very mean, much. Possible. It also doesn't mean that those 2018 games are coming out in 2018 either. <laughs> it might that, mean they're also 2020. Yeah, right. It's also just a weird thing about Detroit. For a specific example, is they unveiled that game at Paris Games Week 2015 in the fall of 2015, and like we all know how long Quantic Dream David Cage games take to come out. And I just don't get why they unveiled it that early because yeah. you see these trailers with them um, showing, you know, unveiling a new character each time and very different uh, ways that the character moves about in the game. Um, and it's just weird that it's had this deliberate rollout and yet you can tell they're clearly pretty far from it being ready to go. It feels like Kickstarter updates, right? Of like we're yeah. seeing we're seeing these new things in the game because they're new things that were put into the game. <laughs> Super yeah. odd, yeah. And this could be an issue with so. the way Sony handles their conferences of, like, they're very good at building hype, but when it comes to actual releases, yeah, we do get the Horizon Zero Dawns, which are fantastic, but the other intermittent games that come out that people love, we don't even see them on the show. They just build yeah. all this hype with all these first parties, which are great games, but, like, I don't know, I just, I, I agree with Dom that, like, the couple of games that they did show were really cool, um, but I really wish that they put their catalog out there more like I don't, know. I don't know oh and then you know uncharted and horizon dlc this year they did say you know 2017 for those those were big for but me that's the thing that is they the have show. full games that need to be shown off and that would be uh really served well to be shown to a mainstream audience like this and yet that's you're showing though, off like, full trailers for dlc but that's that's the thing though like i'm with that because from a business point of view and from my personal taste like Horizon DLC is going to make way more money than Nino Kuni 2. You know, it's just a fact. Like, and that's what they're going to try to sell. So I get that and I appreciate it too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily yeah, agree with quiet. that. Just yeah, because silence. There's only so many people that bought Horizon and then they're only selling it that for $20. And then you're talking about a $60 game in Nino Kuni. Like, it's only a, fra only a fraction of the people that even played Horizon are going to buy that. DLC. Uh, dead air. People <laughs> love that. Uh, are you, so, was that all of your positives and negatives, Dom? Yeah, let's let Jordan go. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 
basically, I'm just really confused at this point as to why Sony um, is putting this hour-long cap on their conferences these last two years. I don't think it makes it any better. I don't think people are going to scoff at an hour-and-a-half-long conference, especially if you're putting stuff in there that is uh, quality and is um, interesting and paced well. Um, and clearly we've talked about some of the games that deserve mentioning that just aren't getting it. I mean, you could have the Horizon DLC trailer and Nino Kuni, and both of them get the, the spotlight, and it doesn't matter because... Fair point, yeah. Because um, they were only at 60 minutes anyways. It feels too short, and like I said with Microsoft, I appreciate how Microsoft respects the gravity of E3 and what it is for the gaming industry. And Sony just seems to think that, you know, Shuhei's come out since and said, hey, we we actually held back a lot of our stuff because we're going to be talking <laughs> about that later this year and at PSX. I'm like, just fucking drop out of E3 if you don't give a shit, guys. Like, really, please, just take your conference, put everything in at PSX, and make that your blowout if that's really what you want to do. That's... That's where they have a team of, you know, marketing and PR, PR, but, you know, marketing and forecasting people trying to tell them, you know, when it's best to spread out your announcements and get the tension at certain times and, you know, whatever formulas they do to count. But them saying that is like, you don't think Nintendo and Xbox are quote unquote holding back things? Of course they are. All of them are holding back things. Just an odd statement. You shouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, no, wait, 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 buy tickets to our, to our PSX event and you'll hear other cool stuff. It's like, that's a, I don't know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, weird. So yeah, I just think that they've botched it these last couple of years, losing that diversity that they were known for towards the beginning of the PS3, PS4's life cycle, where um, they were thought of as like the indie console or the in, the the console for indies to go to, and developers too, just like everybody. Yeah, exactly. And so they've really lost that title because Microsoft showed that they're the ones that are supporting the indie developers, especially now that Cuphead has a release date, and it's like it's just sad that uh, Sony doesn't think that we deserve better than this, because we absolutely do as the audience. Um, and then, yeah, the, the stuff that they did have crammed into this 60-minute block, a lot of it wasn't exciting at all. Uh, you mentioned Call of Duty, Jared, and uh, Destiny, and then um, even some of the other stuff, like I mean that Horizon trailer is just super teasery, you know, with the with the voiceover uh, that is so unfortunately prevalent in video game trailers these days, where it's just environmental shot after environmental shot, and it's some guy talking in a deep and grave voice about <laughs> yeah. things you... that are to come. Like I, I'm just tired of it. We didn't talk about it all the VR stuff, Jordan. What do you think about that? Because they had a whole segment on some VR games. Uh, to be quite honest, I thought the VR segment was one of the highlights for me. Um, yeah, because I was they're doing agree. interesting <laughs> things. They unfortunately once again saved a big announcement for after the conference. Um, do you guys remember what the name of this thing is called? Where it's like the the games Announce. that um, can hook up to your phones and like your friends can all make choices. Uh, no, okay. Uh... Um, Jackbox. They basically just announced it. What's that? Jackbox? Jackbox Party Party Box? No, no, no. That's a, that's kind of an example, but this is like a Sony-led initiative that... Oh, yeah, um, like the party super games. Supermassive is... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because they yeah, showed, like, super Supermassive has uh, multiple, actually, in development for this, and it's basically where you can play the game, um, and you guys, like, use your phones 
and uh, you're all making decisions and they can you know show you one thing on the phone that they're not showing your friends because they only want you to see it or whatever and it's basically this initiative that Sony has going on of course they didn't even fucking mention it during the conference even though some of those games did use it but um, the the uh, what is it inpatient um, was one of the super massive games and I don't think people realized that that is uh, seemingly an Until Dawn game because it's the the right. guy. Am I wrong here? It's the guy that you know is 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 talking to you in between scenes in Until Dawn. Is that right? Oh, I didn't. I didn't think I that was know. the same guy. Yeah. Um, but but you are right. Sworn. They they still would have been well served to say at least to say at the start of it from the makers of Until Dawn. Yeah, right? this also takes place and in the 1950s, said, and that dude's really old in Until Dawn, so I don't know if he would live that long because he's kind of yeah, old. Maybe, and bold. but maybe I thought he said something thing. about like, "Don't you remember me?" or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'm completely off base, but either way, I did think the VR section was actually one of the best parts because you had the super massive stuff, you had Moss, um, and then of course Skyrim VR, which you know. There's a just deal. a plethora of memes at this point. Uh, Once again, that'll Skyrim sell, though. Just being, it sells, Just dude. being a cash cow. Yeah. And it does sell, but it is getting to the point where it's almost laughable. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree, yeah. And it's I think, laughable. <laughs> yeah, I think Bethesda just needs to be careful with that because um, it would be different if they had just unveiled Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield or some of this other stuff that we know they're working on and then... Oh yeah, and there's Skyrim VR, and there's Skyrim Switch, and there's Skyrim Special Edition, but it's only Skyrim Special Edition or only Skyrim Switch or VR. So, it sucks that um, I just don't think they realize that they're kind of oh, maybe shooting themselves in the foot by just putting so much um, time and effort into these well, Skyrim. Ports. Don't you think it's uh, with Sony they had to double down on PSVR because it was either they doubled down on PSVR. Or PlayStation 4 Pro, and they couldn't do it with the X out there. So it's like, well, we either doubled down on PlayStation 4 Pro or PSVR. We can't do PlayStation 4 Pro because we're, yeah. we're going to get dwarfed. So, yeah, I think exactly. it gave people more of a reason to buy the PSVR, which I think is cool. Um, the thing I, I just want to reiterate on this, and I don't know if I'm cutting off, you can finish what you have to say about PlayStation before we move on to Nintendo real quick, but it's odd to me that PlayStation started this thing of trailer, 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 trailer. And they kind of constrained themselves to an hour. And then Microsoft went and did the same thing of, you know, there was some talking in it, but it was most like game, 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 game. I don't know why PlayStation's restricting themselves. Like, you can, the, yeah, the, the reason here. people loved their conference is because it was a bunch of trailers and no talking. Not that it was an hour, specifically an hour long conference with only trailers. Like, it's weird to me. Right. Yeah. And, and clearly they have more stuff. Look at their pre and post show. Clearly they have more stuff. Look at what she said. And I just don't understand why they are restricting themselves. It's a great point, Jared. Furthermore, you look at what was actually new stuff in that conference. I mean, we knew Horizon DLC was coming. Obviously, we know about Destiny and about Call of Duty World War II. But then you get... I thought Call of Duty looked great, by the way, Jared. I didn't. Well, I, I'm excited for that game to play, but I don't think that demo was really good at all. I just didn't. I just don't think there was much interesting about it. Yeah. Um... Especially when we've just come off Battlefield 1. Like, someone's already done the, holy shit, we're going back to World War 1 slash 2. Holy shit, we're going back. You know, 
it, that's not as powerful to me anymore. There was because... too many Call of Duty moments in it, and not enough World War Two moments. If that makes sense, like it, it didn't have enough heart or brotherhood in it, which they've touted as the point of the game. It just seemed like, oh yeah, it's another Call of Duty trailer of explosions, which they're not. That's they're saying it's different than that, but that demo said otherwise. So it's like, come right, on, absolutely, yeah. And um, I do so, agree with you. Destiny was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was poor presentation. So that kind of leads into the fact that there just really wasn't much new stuff. Um, you know, we got the Monster Hunter trailer, which I am very excited for. I'm glad to see that that is going to get And it's a, on Xbox. Uh, Hell yeah. That was my big real console play. release. Yeah. Super excited um, for that, that franchise. And then you got the remake of uh, Shadow of the Colossus, but of course that's not a new game. Also interesting that, you know, it's just weird with the whole... Uh, you know, long lifespan or long development cycle of Last Guardian. That game doesn't seem like it, you know, blew up sales wise. I mean, they dropped the price of it real quick on the PSN store. Um, and then now it's going to be like, wait, so you have Shadow and Last Guardian on PlayStation 4, but Eco is clearly part of that, you know, spiritual successor trilogy. So. So what? Somebody just has to go back and play the PS3 remaster of that game, or get a PS2. Like, also the um, remaster is gonna look better than the game that came out last year, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, yeah it is. And then also the fact that it's the Studio Japan working on it with Bluepoint, which I'm really fucking hoping is not taking resources away from Studio Japan making goddamn Bloodborne Man. Two. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, when you saw. Because the Studio Japan logo came up. I thought it was yeah, dark. It had like a, a twisted building. Yeah. My yeah, heart stopped. And it, it totally made me think of the Hunter's Dream, Dom. Yeah. And then, even worse, was that then I saw Blue Point. And then my next thought was Demon Souls. Oh my god, Blood, Blood, or uh, Demon Souls Remastered, yeah. exactly. And then it quickly became apparent that nope, it's neither of those. It's Shadow Classes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm excited for. I'm glad that that's a thing. Yeah, but, it's cool, I mean, but clearly it didn't. That game, yeah. That game needs a modern update to be able to be played at this point, but uh, yeah, I was I got a real bad fake out when I thought it was Bloodborne Two. I think Sony um, thought it was going to be their hype moment, and it wasn't. Like people were, oh, cool, it's happening, but I think they thought it was going to be the Final Fantasy VII remake moment of people losing their goddamn minds, and it didn't play like that. I really think Sony thought it was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be our hype moment. It's going to carry people through the rest of the conference, and it was like, oh, cool, it's happening, cool. You know, I'm not I mean, disappointed. Really, who's been asking for that? You know? Yeah, exactly. I get that that game's a cult classic and all, but who's really asking for that? Yeah. I don't know that that's the best uh, devotion of resources, especially with the fucking kerfuffle that's been Last Guardian, you know, just yeah. coming right off of that. Sony, you didn't handle that well, and now you're going to jump back into that franchise? I don't know, man. We'll see. But that leads me into my next point. That last one was talking about, you know, not being enough new stuff, and... Um, I think we we did miss Bloodborne 2. I feel like it should have been there, and I totally know that game's in development. It's at least in pre-production. From How someone, not be maybe not from. It's from. It's being made by somebody. Yeah, I don't. I really actually don't think it's being made by From because it doesn't seem like they, yeah, uh, or Miyazaki at least wants to be involved in the Souls games anymore, or at least for a while. And um, Sony owns the IP, so I just I'm like. Sucker I'm just punch. like 99.9% .9 sure that it's Studio Japan is making that game. So I'm like, just fucking give it to us. And that's probably going to be PSX, but whatever. Um, and then that leads me into this, which is where the fuck is Sucker Punch? Where the fuck is Sucker Punch at? Because Man. it's been three years since Infamous Second Son came out. That was a launch window title. 
and then two years since the DLC came out, First Light, which was substantial, it was standalone, so I can completely understand that that's a big chunk, it's not just, you know, a, a map pack or something, but either way, they are a AAA studio, they are a Sony first party, and the fact that they've been absent for so long now, and Shuhei said he was fucking playing the game two years ago, which I'm sure it was very bare bones or whatever at that point, but regardless... They have the game, they've been making it, and unless it's getting cancelled or going into development hell, it is time for them to show their game. And this whole, oh, we're saving shit for later this year, we're basically just banking for PSX, is fucking horseshit, man. And I just yeah. cannot get over this sucker punch thing. How? And, and neither can the rest of the internet. I mean, I looked at their Twitter the next day, and it was just tweet after tweet after tweet of people like, man, I really love those infamous games. Wish Sucker Punch had been at the E3 press conference. Man, I wonder where Sucker Punch is. It's been three years since Infamous Second Son came out, and it's just like, well, you guys know that people are going to be freaking out about that. You guys know that this was the year that you were supposed to be there, you know? And... Would you be surprised, really quick? It's upsetting. There's there's a theory, I'm using quotation air quotes. Somebody was saying that, what if the Miles Morales tease wasn't that you necessarily played as Miles Morales in the Spider-Man game, but what if it was teasing at Sony's actually doubling down on Spider-Man games, and they're going to have the Peter Parker Spider-Man game by Insomniac, and they're going to have the Miles Morales Spider-Man game, Ultimate Spider-Man by uh, Sucker Punch? Yeah, I mean... I don't think that's happened in a million years, but even if it was, I feel like you should have teased that, you yeah. know, with a Sucker Punch logo or whatever, and that would be cool because clearly they have that pedigree, but but yeah, just the whole lack of it, and then, you know, other people saying they're possibly working on Deep Down, which I think is even more far-fetched, yeah. um, because that's totally not up their alley, but I just feel like... They're clearly working on Agent, um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, but the thing is, is this banking for PSX, you know, The Last of Us, I really think The Last of Us 2 trailer should have been here at E3. It would have been way bigger. You would have had more more eyes on it, more mainstream eyes on it. And clearly, you know, no one was really like expecting that, like thinking that it was about time for Last of Us 2. So it would have just, played really well at E3. If that was on this year, exactly, oh man, that would have played exactly. so well. Exactly. Yeah. And you just did not need it at PSX last year. And so I just don't like this, oh, let's just bank all the first-party stuff for PSX because regardless of what Sony thinks of PSX, it is a niche thing. It yep. is more for, for hardcore uh, PlayStation hardcore fans. Yeah, and, you know, Jared, you're probably not going to be pissing yourself with excitement come December thinking about <laughs> yeah. PlayStation experience. I'm like, oh, it's happening, know? yeah. And you'll see the announcements, and you'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe you even get hype on Last of Us 2 or whatever, but it's like they just can't... I, I, I do not understand them leaning so hard, especially when we're kind of talking about Dom, like, the marketing side of it. Oh, they want to get the most eyes on these big AAA games during E3 and all that with Destiny and uh, Call of Duty as opposed to smaller things like uh, Neo or Gravity Rush last year. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily right. I'm just saying, like, there's teams of people at Sony, you know, yeah. no, who but are I'm doing saying math you're right looking at all, a bunch they of data. Are, yeah. yeah, they are looking at it from a marketing perspective. And if you're me looking at it from a marketing perspective, there are many, many, many times more eyes on E3 than there ever will be on PSX. 
And so banking all this stuff for later in the year is just not a well, smart move. Don't you, don't, also, opinion. don't you think it's weird? Like, they're already leading by so much. It's weird to be so suit and tie. Like, I understand you want to make smart business yes. moves. But you can be like, yeah, it, you know, our conference will be longer than an hour. But, yeah, let's put in Nino Cooney and stuff like that. Like, there is a lot of, like, business purpose to doing that stuff. Like, I do think there's something to say of just making the moves that are right for your audience. I don't know. It's weird. Um, we're running low on time, though. It so definitely plays as pretentious, if nothing else, with the the musical performance at the beginning and then Sean Layton coming out and looking like, you know, he should be on the cover of Esquire, just stuff like that. It's like, okay, we get it, guys. You think you're classy and fancy. Yeah. Uh, we're running low on time, though, and I want to get to Nintendo uh, so we can wrap up Nintendo pretty quickly here. I'll go pretty quick. Um I think their positive was that they gave me a reason to own a Switch this year and get excited for next year. I tweeted that out. I think it's the easiest that's way to... That's what they needed to do. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to describe what they did. Um, my one low light was the uh, E3 tournament stuff. That could have been at the... That could have been in their pre-show. That's something you announced well, in the pre-show. you didn't like spending time on the beach with old Reggie. <laughs> exactly. Um, they got us excited for the future of PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation. Jesus Christ. They got us excited for the future of Pokemon. They got us excited for the future of Metroid. Um, they showed off some cute games with Kirby and Yoshi. And, man, Super Mario Odyssey looks fantastic. Like, I think with their 25 minutes, they did what they needed to do for me personally. Make me buy a Switch this year. Make me feel like it'll be worth it in the long run. Uh, and I think they did that. So, yeah. So negatives? I think uh, yeah I said the E3 tournament stuff. You can go to That's it? Okay. yeah. Uh, I don't think there was too much negative. I think everything they showed was it was fine. Yeah, I have no. There wasn't th time for too much negative. Yeah. Also, there was the awkward moments, but that's like that's a Nintendo's thing. <laughs> so it's like that's eh, whatever. It's, but it was. I it's would slightly say it was charming. At a minimum. Yeah, it's also slightly charming because it's like yeah, these guys are still weird. You know, Japanese guys that don't necessarily translate well to American audiences. So it's like yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm just working yeah. on Pokemon. How how are you? Go how is it going? Yeah, uh, so I have a huge pet peeve of the. Uh, oh, hello there! I didn't see you come in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just started. Pre I just pressed record on this camera and acted like I was surprised when I started talking. Like, yeah, that shit is so fucking old to me, and I am so tired of seeing people do that on press conferences or just random YouTube videos or movies or whatever. I, like it's dumb, and I wish that was just Big not theory. a part of mainstream culture anymore. Um, and which means that I also didn't really like that Pokemon thing because it's basically like, yeah, we realized that you weren't super excited about Ultra Sun and Moon, so uh, we're working on something. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It was a saving, oh, we're, saving we're, face. We realize you're pissed off that stars isn't a thing, so just chill out for a minute yeah. is basically all that was. Yeah. So I really didn't like that. I really didn't like the fact that uh, the Breath of the Wild season pass was essentially the same thing. Um I think that the story expansion trailer was really just nothing. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, and then, it was poor, yeah. And then even the uh, the trials thing was cool, but it was like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, I knew that was going to be what it was, so I don't know why you needed to show that in the first place. I wish they had just gotten the, tr the release date out there, and then, yeah, actually had a trailer for the story pass, which... Um, Another thing that was mentioned on Easy Allies was the fact that I think they were trying to make um, the first expansion pack not seem lame since it isn't story content, which <laughs> yeah. I get. But, you know, another way to not make it lame is not make it seem lame is just not make it lame and actually have cool stuff in there. So that is another thing is I didn't see anything in that trials that was like, 
whoa, that's some hardcore shit. I can't wait to do that once I have all my upgraded gear that's going to break in two seconds. Um, but, you know, that's it wasn't the biggest part of the, the conference. They weren't, you know, dwelling on that for too long. I thought the Xenoblade 2... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 trailer was pretty weak. Um, I get that it's not going to be a life-changing JRPG, and it is going to go along with a lot of the tropes. That's kind of what Xenoblade 1 was. But at the same time, I do think, you know, the girl literally being an object... Um, of fantasy literally being an object of fantasy with her uh, being a sword was just like wow total cultural disconnect I think (laughs) exactly and then also just the fact that that was the whole crux of the trailer and that was supposed to be the cool thing where it's like oh she's a sword you know I just didn't I didn't really feel that and I don't think anybody did Um, but I still think the game's going to be good and then you know side note on that is just um and it it was a problem at nintendo but it was a problem uh, at sony and some other places too where it's like quit saying uh spring 2018 or uh november 2017 like either give me a date or shut the hell up and don't talk about when the game's coming out just give me the trailer you know i don't want to see this oh it's gonna maybe be out around sometime this part of this season and this year Dude. it's like Quick Just question. Give me a date or don't. Quick question. So Nintendo obviously had um, uh, Super Mario Odyssey that got an exact date. Did Sony have? Did Lost Legacy or Horizon Zero Dawn DLC get a specific date or were those holiday or fall? Uh, well, we already uh, knew the date. Un- uh, yeah, August twenty second. Okay, Uncharted, Uncharted has a date. And- okay. Horizon and, um, just said twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah, which weird. is like really, really, dude. The game came out this spring at the beginning of or at the end of. February, wasn't it? In the uh, United yeah. States? Yeah, and it was like four days before Zelda. Right, yeah. and so it's like, I just do not understand how your DLC is like, well, we don't want to put too much of a date on there because we're just hoping to get it out in 2017. Like, yeah. how were you guys not preparing for that? Sorry how were to... you guys not ready to go? Sorry to detract you, I want to hear what everything else you have to say about Nintendo before we close out. Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, my positives would be Metroid. I think they needed to like it's it was fucking time. Shit or get off the pot. To, yeah, yeah. To tell people about Metroid, and they said that that was going to happen this year. I'm glad that it is, and furthermore, I'm glad that we're getting uh, 2D Metroid on the 3DS, which wasn't in the conference, but is still important to mention because it shows that this. Uh, Federation Force, I think, is the correct name. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit hasn't just been for nothing. They have been uh, working on both a 2D and 3D Metroid. Um, I'm glad to see Yoshi getting his his time to shine. I do think it was it's kind of weak that that's basically just uh, Woolly World two, kind of like Wo- Woolly World one point five. Yeah, really. more so. Yeah. Um, but I am glad that he's like still a thing. Like, if you guys are gonna have these gigantic intellectual properties and these gigantic characters that are massively popular, please use them. So I'm glad that we see Kirby and Yoshi getting their due and not just Mario and Link. Um, and then Mario just looks great, man. That trailer Ooh, that trailer was fucking fantastic. And I am all about, you know, like the nuances of trailers. Uh, kind of like trailer score like easy easy allies used to do back at game trailers 
and that was just a high quality trailer with amazing music in the background really cool stuff that they're showing off in the game that game looks like it's uh, really creative you know all the stuff that people were saying just shit in their pants about Zelda about how oh my gosh it's a, not a breath of wild breath of the wild it's a breath of fresh air is what it is I'm just so excited to see them you know pushing into the future with this game being so progressive when really it's kind of uh, just an amalgamation of a lot of things we've seen in open world games over the last few years plus cool puzzle mechanics uh, but Mario actually feels fresh looks fresh and even tastes fresh uh, no it it actually um, gives me the vibe that they are being progressive in their game mechanics and the way that they're making their games it does make me feel like they are moving forward in the right direction that gets me excited not only for Mario but for their other big franchises and that was something that I really wanted to feel for Mario Odyssey that I didn't necessarily get from the initial trailer um, or the tiny bit of footage in the Switch trailer and so I'm really excited to see that um, it looks like it's, it is all for something in uh, Mario Odyssey and I am now getting really hyped on that game. I know you guys have been hyped, yeah. but I am really starting to feel it now. Well, the cool thing is, is we might get the best, you know, it's argued a lot of people of Ocarina and stuff like that, or Majora's Mask, but pe people can make an argument for Breath of the Wild being the best in the series, quote unquote, right? They would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can arguably wow. see the best 3D Mario in the series ever, too. Like, oh, that trailer was so great, man. Um, yeah. It, Persona 5, Persona levels of uh, trailer awesomeness there. Yeah. Dom, have you already gone? Did you already tell us? No, so I, I, to continue on what Jordan was saying, Odyssey is the sequel to Mario 64 that I've been waiting for for, you know, however many My years. entire life. Yep. It <laughs> right, seems like they're really now. pushing that. Like, we did it, guys. We finally made Mario 65. Yeah. Right. Oof. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't be more excited. As far as anything bad, um, like I mentioned earlier, we really felt the power of, you know, surprise announcements, even if it's just a screen with a number four on it. Yeah. And a guy saying, we're making a Pokemon game for Switch. That's a huge deal, even though there was no, you know, substance to it. It's a huge even if it was, like, saving face, it's still, it's still, like, yeah. It's something right. rather than nothing, um, yeah. My only miss, and again, I get it, but I wish they had talked about some virtual console stuff on the Switch. Yeah. But... You know, they'll probably have a direct in the you know sometime later this year where they I'm talk about it or something. Starting so. to think that the reason they're holding back on that is not because they're ill prepared, even though I'm sure they are, because <laughs> clearly they've been ill prepared with the Switch. Yeah. But uh, I do. I'm starting to actually think that the reason they're not uh, unveiling it yet is because it's it's going to be so fucking big, and it's going to blow your mind so hard that they can't just be like oh and virtual consoles coming in august or whatever i think it's going to be i think it's going to be called something new i think it's going to be monumentally different and i think that it's going to be a more complete catalog than we've ever seen well, not a completely complete catalog um you know with everything that they've ever released but a closer to complete catalog where you're really i mean for example the 3ds virtual console is kind of a joke besides you know the pokemon and like metroid games and stuff that you would really expect yeah um but it's it's unfortunate that 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 is the case but i do think that uh when they do unveil virtual console it's going to be so big that they couldn't have just talked about it for a minute or two i think it'll be the first like substantial system update also people are making these weird thoughts about like so you know how in super mario odyssey you collect moons and not stars right and also yeah. every time you collect a moon it has like a date underneath 
people are speculating, and I don't. This is the part I don't believe is that like they speculate that there might be some type of achievement system or something with stars, or something in the actual system itself, and maybe that'll be tied into when they announce virtual console because they want it to be like a substantial system update. Um, you know, people forget that uh, PS3 did not launch with trophies. Yeah, you know, so um, that that's not unprecedented that trophy systems come along after the launch of the console. The last thing that I that I that I found was pretty interesting is that. Nintendo has seemed to only announce Wii U ports when the first one they announced comes out. So we had we had you know Mario Kart announced, then it came out, and then not shortly afterwards we had the announcement of Pokemon DX. So people are anticipating that once the DX comes out, our end of the year Nintendo Direct that we normally get will be when they announce the next port, whatever that happens. And it seems like See, they don't want to double down. Actually, I guess. We're kind of implying that that would be Smash Bros. I don't uh, Super Mario Maker. Uh, oh yeah, Tropical that's Freeze. Another, uh, both of those games are kind of like shoe ins. How is Mario Maker and Smash not not already out there? But I get that they're not trying to flood it. But I'm almost thinking that we're getting to the point where what you know Smash Bros is like next spring at the very earliest. I'm wondering if they're just saying nah, new, no, new, we'll just yeah. we'll just go ahead and do. Uh, Smash Bros. for Switch from the ground up and you don't even need to worry about... And they'll focus on, like, Mario Maker and, like, even Donkey Kong is at middle ground of, like, what if that is re what Retro's working on is the new Donkey Kong? Do you want them expending resources to make the Switch version or have they just been working on the Switch version, you know? So there's some games that might have... Side note... Ports. Sorry, side note, no matter what happens with the new Donkey Kong game... I'm gonna be disappointed because it's not gonna be Donkey Kong's Revenge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need that game. So that has been basically our conference overview and our reactions to all the conferences. Um, I think we were we we had some nice back and forth for a lot of them. Uh, some of them were uh, the Jordan uh, roast cast, <laughs> um, but uh, for the most part, I think overall people are saying this was like one of the down years for E3. I thought it was actually one of the most level years. Um, I don't think there was as many ups as normal, but I don't think there was as many downs as normal either. I thought it was just, it was a good That's E3. a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so next week we're actually going to be talking about our recap of E3 as a whole. We're going to be talking about our, our game of the show from everything we've seen, um, our favorite announcements specifically. This was just kind of overall talking about the conferences, but next week we're going to dive into our favorite things personally. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Follow us at CTRLINT. You can go to controlledinterests.com to see all of our videos and stuff like that. Um, we're, I think, a subscriber away from 100 and a custom URL. So we're pretty close. Um, you can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. And you can follow Jordan at Mellow Modus. And thank you guys for listening. And catch us next week when we talk about E3 as a whole. Bye.